teacher's voice. As vozes do professor. As vozes do professor. Là aussi, il y a Wadi. La voix des enseignants. Bien, 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 bien. Eh, eh, eh. Teacher's voices. Welcome to a new episode of Teacher's Voices. In this episode, I, your host, educational researcher Nina Alonso, together with the expert Gillian Hayes and three fantastic teachers from different contexts, will talk about the challenges of distance learning, highlighting the lived experiences of teaching and learning during the COVID-19 pandemic. We will listen to Rocio, who teaches physics and chemistry in secondary school years in a school at the outskirts of Buenos Aires, Argentina. Diana, an English teacher at a United Nations working with primary school children in the Gaza Strip. And finally, Asma, a biology teacher in Walior, the north of India. Let's first welcome our expert, Gillian Hayes. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. Gillian develops, deploys, and evaluates technologies to empower people to use collected data to address real human needs in sensitive and ethically responsible ways. In particular, her work addresses means for enabling vulnerable populations to participate in the technology design process, understand their own data, and the use of this data to improve their quality of life. So much of our concerns has been about kids, rightfully so, and how do we make sure that they're still learning. But it's really wonderful to hear the discourse turn to thinking about those who are doing the teaching, who are providing that care and that education. In this episode, we will listen to the lived experiences of teachers who have recently faced distance learning challenges that you have researched. So they're simultaneously dealing with all three of these, sort of pedagogy, mission, and their own challenges with the pandemic. Exactly. Let's start by listening to the experience of a secondary school teacher who found creative ways to engage her students during the pandemic, and hear afterwards how these experiences compare with Gillian's interesting observations. Rocio lives near Buenos Aires. It is Saturday morning for her. She and her family are preparing things for an asado, the famous Argentinian barbecue events. They have been missing social gatherings and they can't wait to see their friends and be able to share and enjoy some good moments with them outdoors. Rocio first describes her teaching context. So I teach many subjects and I cover like the whole secondary school. They're teenagers, and that's kind of a difficult part of life, but they are really nice. I really enjoy, you know, learning about them, too. As I was particularly interested in her experience with distance learning, I first asked her about her situation and her students when lockdown started. In Argentina, because of the different hemispheres, we start school in March. So last year we started school and lockdown came one week after that start. So students had only one week to know each other, to meet. And in this particular case, I want to share with you uh, this group of students this uh, year, it was fourth year. They had almost half of the course was new. So they were new students. And as I was teaching for them for two subjects, two different subjects, I had like three hours with them every week, I could sense that there was kind of, you know, 
kind of a noise, I, I should say, like things were not going, you know, smoothly. The kind of noise that Rocío was sensing is perhaps what our expert Gillian points out as one of the challenges that teachers have been facing. I think there are three really big challenges that we've seen teachers work through. And I do want to say I really am impressed with the way in which teachers have risen to these challenges. So the first one is really changing pedagogy. You know, for many of our teachers, all of their schooling all of their in their apprenticeships, all of their teaching experience has been one particular way, this in-person, engaged kind of teaching. And suddenly they have to use different pedagogical approaches to deal with remote learning. And it can be done, but it's just really different. And they didn't have training in it. So the first thing was they just had to learn how to even do this. Rocío described one of her imaginative ways to face this pedagogical challenge. I realized we needed to like first pass the screen and go to the kids. So with the help of some of my colleagues in the science uh, department, we created a science box. And so we made a box, literally I made those with my students, with my kids here for my students at home. And in each box talking with my colleagues, we thought, what can we give them so that they have the whole thing so they can, you know, do the science tasks at home. I even took some of those boxes to the students' houses and they were so impressed. It was really something for them. It's, it was only material, you know, like these tubes and um, magnets. They even have like the glasses, you know, like protection lenses so that they, uh, when they hit something, they're protected. So it's, it was just material with which they could make the whole experiments. So they received this box. They didn't know what it had inside, but it, I, I made kind of um, like a note for each of them. Uh, so do not open it until that day. And so when the opening, we gathered with many of the, you know, the robotics uh, teacher and the biology teacher, Uh, and even the director, the general director that made that possible came to them, to the class, to a Zoom class. And well, now you can open it. And they were like, what is this? And they were like exploring. That's also something that has to do with science. <laughs> so it's not like you don't give them, you know, what is there, but just you know, what do you think this is for? And they were like, oh, my gosh, this is for like experiments. And I think the most important thing it was that we could like my first time was these kids need to touch something, you know, everything is so in the cloud these days. We need them to give them something to touch. It was kind of a way of showing them we're all in this together. What Rocío explains is a creative response to what Gillian pointed out as a second challenge that teachers have been facing during this pandemic. The second piece is for many of our teachers, uh, both here in the US and all over the globe, what they live for is the mission and the feedback and the love and engagement of children. They want to spend time with children. They want to see them learning. And it is possible to get good feedback uh, in a remote way, but much more difficult. And even the kids who were in person during this pandemic between the physical distancing requirements and wearing masks and other kinds of things, 
you just, the teachers didn't get the smiles and the hugs and the love that they are so used to getting. So when you help a kid get through a really tough task, that feedback you get from them is incredible. And they weren't able to access that during this year. So that's emotionally very difficult for people who are used to that. I never thought it would be that big, you know. Even the school received like messages from the parents saying they were so impressed and it was such a big thing for them. And the truth is it didn't have to do with science itself. It has to do with what I think every teacher has and it's like a generous heart to hear to what students need at every stage of the learning path. Now that we have listened to Rocío's testimonial, let's bring here a relevant issue that Gillian reminds us, another challenge that teachers face, and that has to do with a very human side. So many of our teachers were dealing with challenges in their own households. So they may be teaching online while also trying to deal with their own children who are learning online in the next room or possibly even in the same room. They may be dealing with aging parents. They may have a friend or a family member in the hospital uh, with COVID. And that's a whole other level beyond the kind of remote pedagogy challenges, the challenges of a pandemic and the fear and the anxiety. So they're simultaneously dealing with all three of these sort of pedagogy, mission, and their own challenges with the pandemic. What I think is so important to remember is that these challenges might also be adding to contextual difficulties already being faced. Now, we are visiting a teacher who also had to cope with distance learning with primary school children in a particularly challenging context, the Gaza Strip in Palestine. Where Diana lives and teaches, electricity cuts happen often, but we managed to connect, despite Diana and I needing to try our connection several times. She's now at home with her family, and I can still hear her talking to her kids when we start our conversation. She has explained to them that she needs a bit of quiet time. Diana, or Miss Diana, as her students call her, first described her teaching context. You know, technical issues is something international and something challenging uh, all around the world. But here in Gaza, we have a high percentage that Even the teachers, they don't have internet connection. Could you imagine that? So I can't leave my students in this stage without educating them. And my ultimate goal in teaching is creating a holistic approach to deal with my students, to deal with them as a whole, not the academic level only. I'm caring about their emotions, uh, their intelligence, and all of the aspects, and particularly the traumatized students. So I believe in the power of education because uh, I... Also, uh, my students are candles to be lit. I asked Diana what did she do, considering her challenging conditions, when schools closed. The only official way to communicate with the students in COVID-19, it was asynchronous platform, which is WhatsApp. But as a teacher, I see that it's not enough. So I ask my students, not obligatory, as an optional. Okay, I, I'm going to have a Zoom meeting. Who would like to come? So I ask my students before the session, for example, to send me their pictures when they were babies. And I share the picture uh, with them. And all of the other kids, they guess, who's this? This is Tala, this is Amir. Uh, they guess the character of their colleagues. Sometimes I ask my students to draw the vocabs 
of the unit using different material like rice, corn, and you know, leaves any attractive materials at home and they share the picture with the, their colleagues in the live session and the students, they guess what is it? Diana described her students' feedback about the weekly Zoom sessions that she organized. I conducted my Zoom session every week to my students, not every day, because uh, they try the, their best to have a good number, so uh, I decided to do it every week. One of my students, um, they don't have internet uh, connection because uh, of their economical situation. So she keeps nagging on her mom to go to her grandma just to be in the Zoom session. She wants to see the teacher, the students, uh, to play games with, with us. And every Thursday, she... Uh, keeps nagging on her mom to come to the session and her mom she said I can't say no to her because it's the first time she's motivated to learn so I feel happy and I will tell you another story one of the mom told me that she go to the dentist just because the, in the dentist um, you know clinic we have internet connection here in Palestine just to attend the zoom session with her son I feel so proud and this is a sign of that the Palestinians, uh, parents and kids, they have determination to learn regardless of the, our circumstances and conditions. If there's one thing that we can all take from the pandemic, it's awareness of what inequities exist and often people weren't aware. Who is in the home helping? You know, when we are in schools and particularly with aftercare and other kinds of additional services, kids get a bunch of support. And so who is actually in the home and available to help them becomes less important. When you move to a distance learning environment, you not only lose the classroom instruction, which to some degree is replicated with our remote learning, but you lose those extra supports. So when I look at what can we do to increase access to educational materials and educational services around the globe, we do absolutely need sort of universal, free, high quality connectivity and the technology that can support it to get those, those connections there. We will stay in the same continent for our next interview. And yet, we cover a long distance to arrive in South Asia. And as I connect with India, instead of the teacher I was expecting, a young boy welcomes me on the other side of the screen. It is Asma's 10-year-old son, who has just fixed for his mom some digital issues that she needed to talk to me. We will not need the screens anymore, but before turning them off, I am happy to see him waving goodbye as both Asma and I smile at him with gratitude. How are you, Asma? Hi, Nina. I'm fine. Thank you so much. Asma is a very vocational teacher, and she wanted to talk about her motivation, about why she believes that teaching, particularly what she teaches, is so important for her and her students. For me, science is an important subject. Apart from shaping our daily lives, science is important in making countless decisions each day. As a child, I had many questions, you know, about my surroundings, about my own body functions. And so science has always fascinated me a lot. It plays an important role, like helping us manage our health, well-being, taking care of environment, or as simple as answering a child who asks, Why the plants are green in color? 
you know? So school students are naturally curious, which makes science an ideal subject from them to explore. As a biology teacher, I take it as my prime duty to educate my students about the changes the body and the brain experience during this phase. I believe the brain's development depends strongly on the learning environment provided during adolescence. Whatever a child learns during this phase prepares the brain for situations and circumstances he or she will experience as an adult. So I want my students to develop deeper learning competencies, such as problem solving and critical thinking, and other high order thinking skills to support application of those skills later in life. So it is extremely important to provide an environment for teenagers where they feel safe to make mistakes and explore reality without being criticized. And so as a teacher, I utilize my students' needs for creative exploration by conducting interesting, engaging and inclusive lessons being a teacher who is always looking for ways to keep her students interested and engaged, I wanted to know about the challenges she faced to engage students during the pandemic. So, yeah, when uh, lockdown was announced and everything came to a standstill, it was difficult for the teachers. This phase was very difficult for the teachers. But then with the spirit of the show must go on, I as a teacher quickly adapted to new teaching learning techniques Something which I really experienced gave positive result was flipped learning. Flipped learning made my classes super interactive. I recorded lectures and provided links to my students on particular topics well in advance. And that helped my students to come well prepared for online discussion activities and solving problems. You know, flipped learning is all about creating opportunities for active engagements. So for my, class, for my science class especially, I was introduced to the concept of picha kucha. Now, picha kucha is, you know, it means, it literally means chit chat in Japanese. It is like show and tell concept where 20 slides each shown for 20 seconds along with commentary is done. So uh, picha kucha presentation as a learning tool was amazing for my students. The 2020 format enriched the study material and made topics more engaging. I have many interesting teaching experiences. Uh, one of them is when I thought of letting my students become teacher of the day. Now, in this, I selected few students every day to teach a topic in the class. I gave them freedom to choose the teaching aids. And the fun part was I even gave them the liberty to imitate me in case they wished to. So I helped them with the teaching material and gave them ideas to make the topics interesting. The idea worked so well, my students waited for their turns. I was totally astonished by the way few of them imitated me. It was truly fruitful. I still practice this in my regular online classes. As Gillian pointed out, connectivity or technical problems are obstacles that make distance learning more difficult. I asked Alma to tell me how these issues affect her and her students. During that time, if there's connectivity problem, technical glitch, then it does create a problem. But then teachers are just a click away. 
So even if there are students who are facing some problem, we try our level best to be for them by sending them the teaching material, teaching aids. We do record our videos, our lectures, and we send them so that they can study, so that they don't miss anything that had happened in the class. So generally in this case, you know, what has helped, as I mentioned before, flipped learning has helped a lot in this case. Flipped learning where we prepare the lecture, we give the students the details, the material that they require, and so, yeah, at home, they can actually use their own space to go through the video time and again. They utilize their own personal space to study the material. And when they come to the class, they are prepared. They are prepared to ask questions. We keep on following them. We keep on, uh, you know, encouraging them, I would rather say. We try to pull them to the class back and make the class so interesting that or give them some work in such a way that, okay, it's this topic, particular topic will be taught by you in the next class or you have to uh, come up with the explanation of this topic in the next class. And yes, the students do come then. So we keep on pulling, we keep on encouraging our students. Asma finished our conversation explaining a positive side that she noticed about online teaching. Introvert students who are not ready to come up and face, you know, 30, 35 students in the class, when they are sitting in their room, in their comfort zone, they are so happy to, uh, to be a part of this class virtually. And this is something that was really wonderful. I was very happy when I saw this particular boy asking me to give him some more topics so that he could explain it in the class. It's great to hear about a positive aspect of distance learning after all the difficulties teachers have surely faced. And Gillian agrees. So what you see is, you know, kids that have different styles of learning depending on the context that they're in and the content that they're learning. So you see really both positives and negatives coming out of this kind of sometimes asynchronous, sometimes self-paced and sometimes remote learning. Having heard these inspiring stories, I'd like to leave you with some final thoughts from Gillian. I really encourage educators to talk with one another, same with parents, just talk to folks and find out what's working for who and what are they using. But in terms of the categories of tools, and that's to me the most important in some ways, what do we see that's sort of lacking and has been challenging? It's really a, a grouping of things. And I think all of those have to augment the academic tools, which often are prescribed by the school or by an individual teacher. You need to wrap those with these sort of engagement, socialization, and privacy and security tools. You have just listened to another episode of Teachers' Voices. If you would like to find out more about Gillian's work or about the teacher stories we have just heard, head to the BOLD website. We'd love to hear what you think about Teachers' Voices. Leave a comment on bold.expert. Nina, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I think it's a great thing that uh, teachers can have the possibility to listen to teachers from other parts of the world. Don't forget to follow the series and stay tuned for the following episode. There is a new episode coming every other week. And please share with other people interested in learning and education. Voices de Profesores. Teachers' Voices.